0: been too busy trying and failing to blow up a bridge over the Ravanet River, and, with it, the then British Prime Minister, Harold Wilson. Today, Maggie Thatcher was Prime Minister, the Beatles were history, Bob Geldof was all the rage, the Troubles were into their fourteenth year, and Davy was nine years older. Bloody good thing the Brits hadn't tried to nail him for Richardson's death, too. Someone had shot the young man, but Davy had to give the authorities their due. Their forensic experts had shown the bullet that killed him could not have been fired by Davy's weapon. They'd concluded Richardson must have stopped a random shot when the soldier Davy had killed loosed off a burst as he fell. That had been nine years ago. Nine fucking years, and it wasn't even half of his sentence. The twenty-five years they'd given him for murder were to be served in full without any chance for parole. He could earn remission time for the arms possession charge, but by his reckoning the twenty-first century would have arrived before he was on the outside, unless the Brits declared an amnesty or the Provost won the bloody war. He was going to be in the cash for a long time, When he'd first arrived, the prison was a collection of nissen huts surrounded by barbed wire cages. The Brits had replaced the corrugated iron structures with eight pairs of single-story concrete cell blocks, each pair joined by a central corridor. The H-blocks. Each block housed 160 prisoners and was surrounded by its own 30-foot barbed wire-topped fence. The entire complex lay behind a 20-foot high anti-scale perimeter wall. The perimeter wall was anywhere from half to one mile from the H-blocks. There'd be no great escape by tunnel. The British changed the name from Long Kesh to The Maze. The Republicans still called the place The Kesh or The Lazy K, as if it were an American ranch. They were good at that kind of sarcastic naming. A huge housing development on the outskirts of Belfast might be called Turf Lodge by the city planners. To its Republican inhabitants, it was known as the Ponderosa, after the cartwright spread in the TV series Bonanza. Davy had lived, if you could call it living, in cell 16, D-Wing, 8 Block 7, through the weeks of The Blanket Men, Provisional IRA inmates who, demanding the right to be treated as political prisoners, not criminals, had refused to wear prison uniforms. They'd spent their days naked, draped only in blankets. Davy, although sympathetic, had ignored the suggestions from the provost's internal command that he should go on the blanket. Even in here, there was a strict hierarchy that had nothing to do with the Brits. Each cell block had its own commander, who in turn reported to an overall provost officer commanding the cache. Inmates were meant to obey all orders and regulations issued by the army authorities and commanding officers. That was part of the O'Gly Naheran declaration he made when he had joined the IRA as a boy. He'd believed back then. God, he'd believed. Wouldn't any sixteen-year-old whose father had fought against the British in the Black and Tan War in the twenties, whose father ate, drank, and slept Irish independence, the cause. But now, one of Davy's bombs, one he had planted himself with an army patrol as its target, had accidentally killed a farmer and his family, and Davy had been forced to watch as a little girl was roasted alive in the furnace that had been their car. After that, his faith in the provos and their goal of Irish freedom was shattered. Jesus, he thought. If I was a priest, the rest of the true believers would consider me an apostate. He didn't give a shite what anyone thought. had told the self-important little git who thought he ran cell block H to go fuck himself, and when the blanket men upped the ante with the dirty protest— Davy had not been one of the 341 Republican inmates who had stayed in their cells for three years, unwashed, unshaven, with their uneaten food and excreta daubed on the...